Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I'll be speaking with two members of the FASD Changemakers. The Adult Leadership Committee of FASD Changemakers is a renowned group of citizen researchers and experts who each have diagnosed FASD. It is made up of CJ Lutke, Miles Himmerich, Katrina Griffin, Justin Mitchell, Anik Lutke, and Emily Hargrove a group who have experienced all events commonly associated with FASD, but have learned how to overcome obstacles, maximize potential, and redefine success. They use their combined lived experience to work together as consultants, advisors, trainers, presenters, mentors, group moderators, bloggers, and various university research project team members. As well, they develop and lead their own survey research, which has received wide attention from researchers, institutions, agencies, organizations, and government, and is currently being used to help focus research directions and questions. Today, I'll be speaking with CJ Lutke and Katrina Griffin. Hey, everyone. Welcome to FASD Hope. So it's a little backstory on today's episode. It's about quarter after 10 p.m. Eastern time as we're recording this episode. But I'm having a blast talking to today, tonight's today's guests. This will air, obviously, in the daytime. So I'm having a blast talking to today's guests. They, I've been wanting to talk to them for years. And I finally have, I I was like, yay, we all worked it out. And that's why we're talking at 10 o'clock at night, because this is the only time we could get together. And we've been talking about our cats too. We have been bonding over our cats, which is hilarious. And, and our cats are like divas and, and yeah, you know, and, and, and you all know my cat story. Charlie is like, you know, my therapy cat and, uh, and, and our guests have cats too. So, uh, we've been talking for a little bit, so I am thrilled to introduce to you CJ Lucky and Kat Griffin of the Adult Leadership Committee of the FASD Changemakers. Kat and CJ, welcome to FASD Hope. Thank you. And we're just having a blast talking. And um, so we we might get a little goofy, especially since it's 10 o'clock my time. But um, I am so thankful to have you guys on. And again, I've been I'm so happy that I have uh, have you guys here today because I say this a lot in our podcast. Your voices, I think, are the most important because for someone who's a parent like me, hearing you both and I know you both have very hard journeys hearing where you are now and what you're doing for the world now and how you're advocating and how you're teaching us gives me so much hope as not only as a mom, but as, as a podcaster who talks to people from all over the world. So enough talk from me. Let's start 
just by sharing a little bit of your, your journeys with us so you can let us know how you got to where you are today. So let's start with CJ. CJ, just can you share a little bit about yourself and when you learned you had an FASD? Well, I was born the 10th child of uh, 10 of 10 children from uh, my birth mom who had her first child as a product at age 13 as a product of incest. Um, so I was uh, 10 of 10 of the children she gave birth to. Uh, I weighed, I was, there was alcohol in the amniotic fluid when she delivered. Um, I was uh, two pounds and nine ounces and I spent six months in the hospital. Um, the diagnosis was probably at birth, but you don't diagnose at birth. I spent a year, six months in the hospital, a year in foster care. The social worker that had both my half biological siblings, yeah, she she had the cases for them. Uh, she went to my parents and said, you know, we have this baby. And at first the ministry was like, you know, you don't, you don't want her, you know, she's not going to amount to anything. Um, the, the doctor who, who was in charge of my care in the hospital said pretty much the same thing when interviewed that I wouldn't amount to anything. Um, but mom and dad did take a chance on me and, um, uh, I, I'd like to think it paid off. <laughs> so, um, so here I am, uh, my, my mom got the diagnosis, uh, I guess when I was five, she, she knows Dr. Locke and she would take, uh, you know, when Dr. Locke, from what I understand, cause I'm too young to remember, but I've heard this story that, um, Dr. Locke would work out of a trailer on the property of, um, Sunny Hill and mom would just take to get diagnosed. And um, yeah, so I was diagnosed really early and I, uh, I've not, it's been a very normal part of, of my growing up uh, knowing uh, kind of like you have red hair, green eyes and FAS. Okay. Um, my, the family that I'm, you know, my family that I have also, we're all adopted and we all have the same diagnosis. So I never felt out of place unless I was the only Latke, <laughs> right? My family was my world and my culture. And, and um, uh, so it, that's, FAS was just kind of part of that. I hope I encapsulated everything. <laughs> yes. And, and I want to give you a virtual hug right now because you showed so many people that they were wrong. They were totally wrong. What you have this mission that you are teaching people and you have overcome so many obstacles and, and stories and journeys like yours, CJ, um, they just, they make me say like, you know, in your face, doctor. <laughs> I mean, sorry, doctor. If there's any doctors listening, I'm so sorry, but just like, you know, in your face, professional, in your face, teacher, you know, I, yeah, you, you discount people. No, 
no, no, no, no, no. So, I, and again, I apologize to any doctor who's listening. I didn't mean that personally, but, but stories like yours make me want to, and especially as a parent, you know, they just yeah. make me want to say, you know, take that in your face. No, no, that's, that's not what I am. That's not who I am. Um, to, to be fair to them. And I, I do want to give them a, a good fair shake because what they knew then is not what they know now. They didn't say it to discount me as a human being. Um, they did it because all the, all the facts, all the scenarios said, you know, no. But uh, yeah, um, I just, I just kind of want to add that um, I, I have been fully employed since for, for 17 years. I landed a new job at a local bookstore and uh, as of two years ago, I became an adoptive mother to a young boy. Um, Kat's his auntie. Um, a young boy uh, who also has a dual diagnosis of FASD and autism. Wow. So you don't know what life's going to throw you. You can, exactly. you can see all these numbers. You can kind of suss out a, a person by numbers and qualities but the human factor is always very surprising yes 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 and we're going to talk about that more in our conversation because we, we're going to address a hot topic that that's come up last month but yes cj that is so true and and the human spirit you just you cannot ever you can never underestimate the human spirit you you just can't and and your story and how you became an adoptive mom and how your lived experience is helping your son's lived experience. That just gives me goosebumps. And while CJ was talking, Kat was giving a heart signal, you know, she was giving a heart symbol. And I love that because it's just, I love that. And, and that also shows how the FASD community, we're like a tribe. We look out for each other, you know, whether we're self-advocates, parent advocates, clinicians, teachers, professionals, when, once you're in the world of FASD, you're connected and you just look out for each other. And, and that's why I love doing what I do. So CJ, thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey. Kat, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, let's talk about how you came to where you are now. Hi. Um, so I am, I, I was, am considered, um, a miracle baby, I guess you could say. I was born at 24 weeks, 33 years ago. Um, so about three months early, I weighed just about a pound um, so 454 grams, <laughs> um, so like a brick of butter, <laughs> and I was in the hospital for, uh, six months, um, and then I was raised in foster care my entire life, um, uh, my mom, um, funny story, she came to the hospital for a, another child and saw me and said, 
what's with that one? <laughs> and they said, uh, yeah, no, she's got a lot of issues. She's going to be here a while. And uh, she's like, I want, I want that one. Um, and so I wasn't, I wasn't eating. I wasn't, you know, basically I wasn't really thriving. And so I was the only one that, sorry, she was the only one that I would eat for. Uh, she told me stories that it would take her eight hours to feed me like six ounces of, of milk, but she was determined. So I was raised in foster care, same house for um, 18 years. And again, it was, it was all I've ever known. So it was very normal to me. Um, I was diagnosed at a year and a half, which is very, very early. Um, full, full syndrome, um, fetal alcohol syndrome is my, is my primary diagnosis, FASD. And, you know, my biological parents who both passed away when I was the age of nine, I, I never met them. Um, both really, really struggled with their alcohol dependency. And so, you know, as I've grown up and as I've become a self-advocate and, you know, in the community and, and things like that, I have um, really learned empathy and compassion to hearing, you know, uh, their stories and what they went through. And so I, I mean, I've technically been in the field of FASD my entire life, if you really want to get technical with it. Um, but I, I entered professionally probably when I was about, I'm going to say 16, 17. Um, yeah. And then just kind of blossomed from there. So, yeah. And again, your story in a different way, just like CJ's overcome. Don't underestimate me here. You know, now you have, like you said, you've blossomed, you've blossomed into this amazing person, amazing human being and amazing advocate. And again, your voices just like all voices have value and your voices matter and what you both are doing from your lived experiences. You're helping so many people, people who are listening, people who just don't even know what they're doing. And so in our journey, we didn't find out our son's diagnosis until he was 15. So we didn't know it. So I find it so amazing how you both grew up knowing it. And, and that was just part of who you were. So I, I am just appreciative of how that's just part of who you are and that you can share that because I, I hope that a lot of kids list, you know, and parents who are listening, a lot of kids, it's part of who they are. And you know what? 
there are pretty awesome things that come along with having, you know, being able to, I, I like to say that you have these superpowers and I think you both have these superpowers that you're using to help other people, you know? So I, I'm just, again, so thankful for what you both are sharing. So growing up, and, and this question I'm asking, um, because we have a lot of listeners who are parents and caregivers. I'll start with you, Kat. Growing up, what do you think was probably uh, one or two of the best accommodations that your family made to help you on your journey when it came to your FASD? So I don't know if this is an accommodation, and I know it's technically not an accommodation, but like I said, as a 33-year-old looking back, uh, my mom's patience. <laughs> But I would say um, accommodations, I was very, very fortunate. I had educational assistance all the way through elementary school, all the way through high school. So I didn't know it at the time of, of how lucky I, I really was to have that help literally from day one. Um, so I would say, you know, accommodations were more for me in the home because when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't understand, you know, sensory issues. I didn't understand anxiety. I didn't understand being overwhelmed. So it was, you know, my mom nine times out of 10 going, stop it. What, what do we need to focus on right now? Well, you told me to clean my room okay, let me walk to my room. And nine times out of 10, it would be a complete and utter disaster. And it wasn't a Katrina, clean up your room, and then she'd walk away. It was a, okay, let's clean up your room. The pink sweater, is that clean or dirty? Dirty, where does that go? And then she'd stop and she'd wait till I put that in the hamper. Every single article of clothing, she, she did that with me. Um, and, you know, looking back, I, I don't know how she had the patience. I was not her only child. So um, those kind of, those kind of things. So Kat, it sounds like it, she was able to slow things down because we know with processing and FASD, processing is slower. So having that ability, your, your mom having that ability to say, okay, let's stop and let's, let's first of all, break things down, which is a huge accommodation, breaking things down into steps. But then secondly, just recognizing, okay, you need a few extra moments to process this and then walking alongside with you to do it. That's a huge accommodation because like you said, she could have just said, okay, pink sweater there and just go, but she didn't, she walked alongside with you to, to help you with that. So those are two great examples. That that's great. CJ, how about you? What, what's one or two examples of accommodations that really helped you as you were growing up? Um, before I, I go into that, I just, um, I just want to let the, you know, youngins, the, young kids, uh, I'm almost 40, so everybody's young. Um, as much as FASD was a part of who I was, 
it didn't mean I didn't have anger and I didn't have um, resentment to this stranger that I, I'd never met. And it was, it was so easy to judge someone I had never met who, you know, did this, uh, you can't see my air quotes, who, who did this thing, who made this choice. It's never a choice when they're that deep into addiction, when there are things about them you don't know. And unless you've walked in their footsteps, it's not easy. So you're just the young people, you're allowed to feel anger, but don't stay there. Don't stay there. It will ruin your life if you stay there. You need to find a way to be at peace and to be okay with yourselves. Because what you have to offer to the world, the world may not see right away, but it's there. It's there with every kind thing you do. It's there for the time you pick up the plastic bag off the ground. Uh, it's there when, you, when you, you're nice to an animal. It's there when you hold a door for somebody. You are contributing in a positive way in the world that has nothing to do with these deficits the world sees. I feel like you just spoke to me. Like, I feel like, okay, everybody, you, you, you did. You just spoke to me because, again, having a young adult that has enough ASD, he still wrestles with that often. Oh, yeah. And I know a lot of other listeners have shared that their teens, young adults still wrestle with that. So to hear you on the other side of the bridge saying, it's, it's going to be okay. And, and, and this hard, angry place that you're at, you're, you're, you're going to be at peace, you know? So that reassures me and thank you. I mean, this is why I waited for you guys, because you guys are so awesome. Oh my goodness. This is why I wanted to have you on our show. You guys, this are is so why we awesome. have, this is why we have CJ on the team. <laughs> this is what you guys are. I, seriously. You guys are like the justice league. You're the, the wonder uh, I'm, I'm fan. I'm like fangirling over here. So, so, so speaking of this awesomeness, so you guys got together and I say you guys affectionately. Um, when did you all come together to form the adult leadership committee of the FASD change makers? I want to hear that story. So I was, I was thinking about this and we all actually kind of came into the picture at different, um, at different times. Um, but technically the ALC, there's no point in me doing air quotes. Um, the ALC ex existed a lot longer than we know. Um, the first adult conference that was held in BC when adults with FASD started talking at conferences, technically. Um, but in terms of what you see now with the ALC of, of FASD Changemakers, um, I believe, if I am correct, it was around 2006. Um, and then, like I said, we all came into the picture at different times. I came into the picture around 
2013, I want to say, maybe 2012. I, I met you in 2008 or nine. It was just after. That seems about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dr. Locke introduced us. Yes, yes. So, and you know, we have all known each other for a long time. Like CJ and I met at the conferences, um, met through mutual people that we know in the fields, uh, became really close. Um, you know, same with Miles, same with Anique. So, so it really was just orchestration that y'all came together and formed this awesome group. And like I shared in, in the bio, you guys do so much. What are just some of the things that you, some of the many things that you do as the FASD change makers, as the ALC? Um, we've done two surveys, uh, which we're, we're eminently proud of. Um, mentoring, um, oh, Kat, you're much better at this than I am. Okay, I, I have the text. <laughs> we have the text. I worked all day. I looked at it at lunch. Um, so, so our work at the conferences, um, the adult stream at the Vancouver conferences that was completely run um, by us, organized by us. Um, all the presentations that we've done, um, working directly with researchers um, and their projects, both of our surveys. Um, CJ is forgetting her amazing blogs. And I'm not just saying that, like you, if you have not read them, you need to go and read them. They are amazing. And we'll share the, we'll share the links for those blogs in our social media posts and in our program notes. We'll, we'll share I, I haven't those written a new one in a year. Mainly because I was. You've been busy. I've been parenting. Seriously. But yeah, no, they're on uh, New Fast Australia. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what else have we done? Um, mentoring, um, media, consulting, training, um, the access to justice uh, BC, which is appointed by the Chief Justice Supreme Court of BC. Uh, we, I sound like I'm bragging. No, no. <laughs> we've done, we've done um, amazing work um, with the representative for children and youth of BC. Um, and then right now, what are we working on, CJ, that's really exciting with uh, Rochester? The app. Yes. <laughs> And I'm actually going to have Dr. Petranko on at the end of this month to talk about that. She was on last year, but of course, you know, I, I was like, you got to come back on and talk about that. So yes, I am so excited. You guys are part of that. Yes, we're, we're super, we're super excited about it. Um, and then one thing that I, th I think CJ and I actually kind of forget, but at least for me, this is how I started out in the field um, was teaching medical students. Um, and so, um, I taught, I actually took over for CJ 
Um, CJ did it first. She worked alongside with um, Dr. Chris Locke. And then I took over for her. We Our paths did not cross at that point. Um, and then I did it for 10 years. Um, yeah. we, we met, I think, two years into your medical students. Because um, I stopped around, I stopped in 2008. And then Kat. That's when I picked up. That's when Kat jumped in. So we must have met 2009, 2010 then. Sorry. Wow. I love that. I love that. You guys teaching medical students, you all teaching medical students. That needs to happen worldwide. That needs to happen worldwide because that's one of the things that this week's guest, Dr. Douglas Waite, said he when he learned about FASD, he said it was one paragraph, like, and that was it. And 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 he is one of the leading FASD diagnosticians here in the states. So this screams how your voices are so needed in a systemic change of recognizing, educating, and teaching everyone about FASD, especially those in the medical field who we know that FASD is the most underdiagnosed, undiagnosed, and misdiagnosed of, of all of the disabilities, of all of the brain-based whole body disabilities. So I am just so, so thankful to hear that you all are doing that. So Kat and I can go on and on about our medical issues. And well, you know what? Actually, <laughs> a lovely long list. We know there's over 428 comorbid diagnoses that accompany an FASD and oh. as a parent and you both as adult advocates, you know, that's something that we really need to address is not only the brain part of FASD, but the whole medical part of FASD. And, and that comes again, no two are the same. We, that's something that we need to address also. So I, I love hearing that you all have an active part in that and that the change factors. Also how we are um, also, you know, with Kat and I talking to medical students, um, we can list all the things we have FAS and then we have all these things wrong and different or wrong about our bodies or whatever. But it's also the treatment that we get uh, in the medical field. (laughs) (laughs) If you could see Kat's eyes. Uh, (laughs) And I am like nodding my head, like tell 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 uh, it, tell it. I think when you know, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and I think a lot of our listeners are like, yes, uh-huh. So it's, it's not just, you know, telling the doctors I have this, this, and this it's also their, I guess the bedside manner, the, the way they talk to us, the way they treat us, the way that they expect answers to their questions. They have a built-in like, uh, flow chart of dialogue and and we come along and we take an eraser to their dialogue and and then they think okay they're they're either faking it or they're drug seeking or they're not that sick so we, we need to to educate people on when you encounter this diagnosis very what true. Are the things, yeah 
What are the things you can ask? What are the what are the questions you're going to? What are the answers you're going to expect from that? Yeah. I and think I'm one of the things also is I don't think many people know is I'm four foot six, so I'm about 138 centimeters tall. Okay, I am not a tall, scary person by any means, but I know for me, I have you know telltale signs that something is wrong, and for me, that's when my ears hurt. And so when my ears hurt, I actually know that that's my signal to actually go to emerge. Um, and so the last time I went to emerge, you know, I said my ears hurt, you know, went through the whole thing. The chart was looked at and the doctor was with me and the doctor said, do you have FASD? Do you have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder? And I said, yes. I was escorted out of the hospital by two security guards. So yes, the medical system needs some work. Oh my goodness. I wish I could bring my country boots up to wherever that happened and give them a mama bear kick in the, you know, uh, sorry, family, of family. It's podcast. okay. But seriously that, oh, that makes me so mad. And, and I know it. And I know that this is something you guys, you, you all have encountered so many just yeah. endlessly. And again, yeah. this is, this is why your voices need to be heard. You, you forget about how this is 2022, you know, we're, 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 this is not, you know, 1970 something hmm. you, this should not be happening. This is an injustice and, and okay. I'm going to get on my soapbox. Would this happen with any other disability? No, no, very little. I, I, I can name a, maybe a couple it might happen with, but no, this does not happen. It, but it happens all the time. And now this is a great segue into <laughs> you. I'm gritting my teeth because we're going to talk <laughs> about something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while now and how your amazing adult leadership committee handled and not only handled, but educated. And you brought like response and respect up to a new notch that I couldn't even, I, I all I could do was share your response on social media. So we're going to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the SNL skit that happened last month in January, which we know was ableist. It was derogatory. It was abusive. And it totally for a million reasons, not only just was stigma laden, ignorance filled, but it was degraded. so it, it degraded individuals that have prenatal alcohol exposure. And it also stigmatized and made a joke of a mother admitting that she drank while she was pregnant. And but the 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 subject of this skit was an individual who had you you later find out in the skit that he had been exposed to alcohol. So he had an FASD. So this was, we know in the FASD community, this was people were outraged. I mean, just like literally like, it, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, boom, it exploded. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the the many reasons I wanted to talk to you both was the amazing, amazing response that you sent out to SNL to the community. I could not have worded it any better. I mean, oh my goodness! And I sh- I remember that week sharing just a lot of responses, you know, from different, you know, here's FASD United, here's Can FASD, here's you know, no FASD here, here, and here comes you guys. Here comes the ALC FAST changemakers with your response. And it was just like, boom, mic drop. No more needs to be said. Seriously. So the funniest thing is, so I'm, I'm like the social media person for the ALC. And I was on my personal Twitter on Monday. And I was like, what is going on? Why are people upset? I, I honestly only watch SNL if one of my favorite artists is on. I, I really don't pay attention to it. And I was like, what is going on? And so I, you know, I was like, okay. I left it for a couple of hours and then I came back and I was like, okay, there's something happening here. There's definitely something happening here. So I looked into it a little bit more and I was like, oh, and so I phoned Jan and I was like, this is what I'm seeing. You know, I'm sending her the information, you know, trying to get CJ on the phone going, you know, what, what do we do here? We have to do something. Um, And I think the one thing that we have learned with anything like this, um, with, with anything, right. With our, with our presentations, when we're addressing anything in a presentation or a speech or whatever, um, is, you know, we kind of have a space where we can say what we want and get all the negative feelings out and be very angry and upset and all that kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, that happened. But we then went, okay, how do we go about this? How do we move forward? How do we say, hey, this is not okay, but not lashing out, if you will. So I think we were what on the phone until like 1045 Pacific time, CJ, like, no, 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 no. Maybe we could say it this way. Maybe we could say it this way. And I remember the next day, my phone just going ding, 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 ding. And I remember it was, I think it was Tuesday. I think that's when we put it out. And it was like 8.30 in the morning specific time. And there's Jan. Draft number one. Draft number two. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was like, okay, this needs to get reviewed. And so, you you know, we reviewed it. And then, you know, all of us um, were, were talking. And yeah. Cat uh, was on speakerphone. I was next to my mom. We, the three of us, and then we have Dr. Locke and uh, Joanne Weinberg. Uh, they weren't on the phone, but when we would craft the draft and yeah, um, hashtag so, craft the draft. Yes. Craft the draft. <laughs> 2022 and, um, trending hashtag. Yeah. Craft yeah. The draft. Uh, 
when we did that, we'd send it to some people who were like, okay, yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I jumped in cause, um, uh, cause I remember that moment because we were crafting, we were saying, you know, this is, it's this word, it's that word, it's that word. And, and we finally landed on, what was the word we used? <laughs> Not derogatory. Um, we're all really, looking at our phones. <laughs> ridicule. We're we trying landed, to what we put out. Yeah, yeah we, we landed on ridicule. Yes. Because that's what it was. Yes. We actually looked up the, mm-hmm. the meaning of the word. Definitions are very important to us on the ALC. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, making, making a mockery of adults with yes. a disability yes. and displaying an understanding of this disability so incorrectly and further stigmatizing women with alcohol use disorder raises some serious ethical questions yes. about how the skit content was chosen and researched. In your face. Mm-hmm. In your face, oh. says Mama Bear. <laughs> Again, I could not have nobody could have picked better words to share what was beyond wrong. Uh, we um, EJ is our wordsmith. <laughs> you are a wonderful wordsmith. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we um, I, I don't know if this is a positive thing, but because of the amount of um, because when I saw, if, if you don't mind me saying, when I saw, when Kat sent me this uh, link or told me where to find it, I was looking, I was looking through it, and then I saw the skit she sent me, and there was a thumbnail of uh, Donovan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and just that thumbnail was like, I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. oh no, right? Yeah, and 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 then. They get the, they get the thing mm-hmm. and it was really um, dehumanizing just yes. in general yes. for for another human being yes and it was sad it was it it was sad um but I, th- I think the thing that made people really lash out was the sad part of it yeah was the sadness because everybody's been there yeah I mean, not on a pedestal being made fun of their by their parents, but everybody has had that moment. And I think people with FASD has, have have experienced it a little bit more. And numerous times. Yeah. And 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 with a lot less understanding than a lot of disabilities. Yeah. And a lot less acceptance. Yeah. And what we got from our community, like the reason for that. And, uh, response was not necessarily for SNL. It was for everybody who listened to us, everybody who looks up to us, everybody with an FASD diagnosis, everybody who who knows that what they depicted wasn't them. They need to know that we're there for them. They needed that response, and we needed to tell them we're there for you. And, and that you deserve to know that that's not you and they're not going to define you and you can still hold your head up and look in the mirror and you're okay. 
that's that's why our response was the way it was. Yes. I mean, I couldn't give a flying witch's monkey uh, about if SNL saw it. They could see a thousand things. This was for this was for uh, us, our community, our tribe. So CJ, as a mom, when I watched that, I'm not even I, I, I think I referred to it as like four minutes, 13 seconds. I don't I don't even give it a name. Um, I cried. I cried. I cried. And the only thing I could think of was what if my son ever saw that? He hasn't because he doesn't watch that show. But what how does how would someone who has an FASD feel watching that? And you you described it. And. But again, what you all do is just so incredibly important because you took a situation that was just. Har- beyond horrible, that was an injustice that was cruel. And you through draft and draft and draft, you all eloquently said what everybody was feeling and what again, who knows if anybody from from their Reddit or even, you know, but you put it out there, you put it out in the world and we I, we all are we're just like. There's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. And again, this all just is reaffirmation to anyone who's listening that no matter how fetal alcohol spectrum disorders have impacted you, that never underestimate someone that has an FASD because I can tell you that you both, along with the ALC and along with every other adult advocate, every every other teen advocate, every other advocate that I've met, you all are changing the world. It should be change the world makers, not just change makers, because you all are really changing the world. And I am just so honored and thankful that you all are just doing what you're doing and and telling people who are back on their journey, like my son, for instance, to just keep going. It's it's going to be OK. Just keep going. And um, I I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for for being you, for being CJ, for being Kat, for be, for everyone on, on the ALC, you all are like, you all are carrying torches and you all are just, you're, you're like, if, you know, if this was the Olympics, you guys are holding the flags, carrying the torches, just walking and just, you know, showing everybody in your face. This is who we are. I think one of the things for me is that in, in media, FASD as we know, is not portrayed in any positive light. And with FASD, I've come to find that people often automatically assume 
that it's my weakness. And when people, you know, used to ask me, well, what's your strength? I'd be like, well, I don't know. But what I have come to realize is that my strengths now are my previous weaknesses that I've embraced. So, I mean, okay, I, yes, I have FASD. Okay, let's, let's, let's move on from that. But it's also the fact that I am incredibly lucky to, to have the life that I have because in a way of my disability, I am on an amazing committee with amazing people, FASD change makers. If I didn't have FASD, I couldn't be on this committee. I, my regular job, I am a FASD consultant and mentor. I mentor teens and young adults who also have FASD. I can't do that if I don't have the diagnosis. And I didn't have to go to school for it. (laughs) So it's what I once thought was my weakness is my strength. And I think that's the one thing that I really, when I watched, um, you know, the four minutes and whatever, um, (laughs) I went, but that's completely wrong because they're depicting it as a weakness when you have no idea how strong they are. So in my different way of thinking, um, I kind of, I kind of like to go, well, you don't know us. You don't know, you know, any of us really. So you really did get it wrong because what you depict as a weakness is probably a really big strength if you look at it from the right lens. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Kat, that again, you all are the teachers. You all are the ones who are teaching us. And I've said this, I, I, I learned the most from talking to adult advocates because you all, you all experience it and you all are able to take that. What was like you said, what was once negative and turn it into, you know what, this is, this is actually a strength. This is actually something that, that you don't have and that I can, I am over, not only overcoming, but I am recycling something that was meant for not good into something that is pretty awesome. And you all are showing us and, and giving, you all are giving us hope. You, you know, I, my husband and I started this podcast because like you all, I want, we wanted to, we wanted to say FASD 
hope. Not all the other things that people hear with FASD. And you all have been doing it a lot longer than 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 me. And you all are changing that conversation. And again, that response was just. I could not have. There was nothing more to say after that. You all have taken what was intended to be a bad thing and turned it into not only educating and not only you know, saying, no, this is an injustice, this is wrong, but just kicking it up about 10 notches. Yeah. I think another thing is, I think this is actually, this is something that CJ taught me because at one point, CJ, no, still, still CJ is my mentor, but. Cat um, has seen me through some really hard times too. We're really, um, and this, this is going to sound like, inauthentic but it's authentic that we're sisters we're just Mm -hmm. we're that close we're that close yeah we just um if it wasn't for covid she'd be over here (laughs) pretty much yeah yeah we'd be uh celebrating a bag of jolly ranchers (laughs) um i think you know the one thing that you know that i learned over the years and you know that that cj said to me at one point Um, And CJ is really good at just looking you dead in the eye and being like, F-A-S-D is four letters. It does not define you. So don't let it. And I really had to sit with that for a little bit because other people had to find it for me in my life. But it doesn't. You know, I'm, we're anyone with FASD, yes, we have the diagnosis, but just like CJ said, it's no different than, you know, I have blonde hair, I have hazel eyes, I have FASD, I have a cat, I like Jolly Ranchers. It's, it's our normal. It's, it's who you are. Yeah, it's it doesn't make us any different if we've never known life without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that I, I think we skipped over uh, when addressing the SNL thing is the uh, the shameful way they portrayed w- women who drink. Yes. Uh, that that the caricature of in the skit of a woman does not exist in any reality that I've ever known. And uh, Kat and I both can attest to, to the strength of women who have drank and whose babies and children have FASD and the pain and the trauma that they may have had before and the trauma that now and the guilt they carry after. They're not, no one wants to hurt their babies, nobody. 
life happens. No little girl, no little boy, no little child dreams of some of the horrific things that happen to people and say, I want that to happen to me. They dream about being firefighters, police officers, nurses. They dream being stars and, and athletes. They don't dream of becoming an alcoholic. Blown away is, is all I can say. I'm not a wordsmith. Blown away. I am just so, again, I'm thankful. I'm honored. And I am so happy to know you both and to know the ALC and to know the FAST Changemakers because words cannot express the importance of what you are doing. And what you're doing is having this huge ripple effect in the world. It's not just in Canada. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And, and for that, speaking on behalf of the parents and caregivers out there who are in dark places, because like you shared, you know, their kids are in dark places on behalf of them. I want to say thank you because I'm one of those parents and I am just so thankful for you both and for the ALC and for the FAST Changemakers. And this whole entire episode has been one giant hope takeaway. You, you both and the ALC, you all give me hope. And I know anyone who's listening is, is having a hope boost from you all, from you all. So Kat, before we end, can you share how people can follow, like, get in touch with the ALC of the FASD Changemakers? Yes. So um, our email um, is fasdchangemakers at gmail.com. And then our social media on Twitter, it's FASD change makers, but in makers, there's no E, if that makes sense, because if I, I couldn't fit it in. Um, and then on Instagram, it's FASD change makers. Um, we're constantly on the social media. Um, so, you know, we'll see notifications, see messages, see likes. So, and if you send a message, we will do our best to get back to you. Same with emails. We will, we will do our best. And I can say that because right after that statement, I reached out and I didn't realize it was Kat I was talking to, but I reached out to her. I was like, you guys, please be on my show. What guy, please, 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 please. And Kat was like, yes, yes, I think we can make it work. And then CJ's mom got in touch with me and we're like, okay, we're making, oh my goodness, we're making this work. I've been wanting to talk to you guys since 2020. This is fantastic. So all of that information that Kat mentioned will be in today's program notes, as well as on our social media shares. So words of hope, you all have shared just tremendous words of hope, but a quick hope takeaway for all those listeners out there. Kat, Um, let's start with you, Kat. Okay, so I technically have two (laughs) I would say the first one would be for um you know parents of anyone 
who has um, FASD, one would be thank you. Two would be um, your patience is required and thank you. Um, three would be to remember that in those hard times, in those times that, you know, temper tantrum, you know, yelling fest, whatever those hard times might be, you know, turning a, a weakness into a strength, if you can, that you are your child's safe place. So yes, in that moment, your world is completely crumbling or it can seem like it's just all gone crazy, but know that in that moment, your child is expressing their most authentic emotions to the people that they feel the safest with. And that is you. And in the moment, that may not seem like the best thing in the world, but if they have, you know, let's say had a horrible day at school and they know that they can't let that out at school and then they get home and everything just kind of comes out. I know in the moment that will be hard, but know that you are your child's safe place. Um, my message of hope for teens and individuals who are listening would be that to take each day as it comes, no day is going to be the same. We already know this, <laughs> um, but that the, the letters FASD do not define you. You are so much more and you are, you are beautiful in, in every way. I love it. I love it. And CJ, how about you? Okay, so uh, I've got a quote here. Well, two. One is, and I think this is very relevant, is uh, sometimes it is the ones that no, can, no one can imagine anything of who do the things no one can imagine by Alan Turing. Um, and as the second one is a bit longer. We do not get to choose how we start out in life. We do not get to choose the family we were born into. What we are named at birth, what country we were born in, and what we do not get, and we do not get to choose our ancestry. All these things are predetermined by a higher power. By the time you're old enough to start making decisions for yourself, a lot of things in your life are already in place. It is important, therefore, that you focus on the future. That is the only thing you can change. Uh, by Adowu Koyen Nikan. I hope I didn't butcher that too badly. Um, uh, I hope I, I said their name correctly. So I think those two pretty much sum up FAS and 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 a lot of people's journeys and adoptive parents, birth parents, children, moms, dads. 
I don't want this conversation to end. I <laughs> I want to keep talking to y'all. I do. I don't care. It's it's like almost midnight here. And I'm, I'm just like just listening to y'all. And I'm learning. totally fine to go get my charge recording. <laughs> All right. So everyone, you have our contact information. So even if you want to like shoot the breeze or whatever that phrase is, you can I always know. be like, hey, it's. I'm going to be like your fan. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be your biggest fan. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, just, yeah. Texas or like, you know, messages anytime, um, you know, you guys, anytime I need hope, I know where I'm going. I'm going to you, the ALC of the FASD changemakers, CJ Lucky and Kat Griffin. Thank you so much for being on FASD Hope. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Beckion. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.